if you're doing everything you can to improve your wealth, improve your financial well-being and nothing's not working, well, today's guest, Louise Taylor, is going to take you through what it takes to be money mind fit. Have you ever heard a story that just made you feel, wow, I'm ready, I'm fired up? A story that captures everyone's attention and gets you to spread it to all your friends? Or how about a story that creates real impact and connection with the audience? Why do stories do this? And how can we create stories like this in business? I've been obsessed with figuring these questions out. I've been starting and failing multiple online businesses now for two years, struggling to find an audience I truly wanted to serve. It wasn't until I discovered my dream customers were struggling with these exact questions, except I didn't know where to find these people. I hopped on a plane to the US to attend a marketing conference that I met my dream customers and I saw firsthand how powerful stories really are. After that, I went all in on my hunch. If you're looking for the real secrets behind how stories can get your audience fired up to take action and to change their lives through your words, this podcast is for you. My name is Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hey, welcome back. This is Jules Dan here from Storytelling Secrets. I, I think you gave you, I did actually give you a bit of a snippet. My guest today is, uh, her name is Louise Taylor, and Louise and I, uh, we're, I, I see her on LinkedIn a lot, and we, we post on LinkedIn and post each other's stuff, but um, mainly... I want to bring uh, Louise on because I haven't had too many people come on to say, um, talk about the mindset of, of wealth and money and especially the stories you tell yourself and stuff like that. It's it's, it's not what I really focus on in the podcast. However, um, I, it, it really interests me and I, that's why I think it will interest you as well. So a little bit about my guest today, Louise. So Louise is a keynote speaker, radio presenter, neurostrategist, prophetic coach and consultant for over 35,000 professionals, coaches, and entrepreneurs in five countries. All right, and this part is a little snippet from her bio, okay? And the reason why I brought it up is because on the on the call, on the podcast, or after the podcast, Louise said to me, you know, that little story you made me bring up got me a little bit emotional because I don't really talk about that often because it's, it's pretty hard to talk about, but you just happen to ask at the right time and ask the right question. And I thought this one line from her bio would really fit it well. And it was, having experienced an emotional and financial roller coaster ride, which started with a major income loss the day before the birth of her first child, Louise has experienced the highs and lows of loss and family. And we're going to go over that because... Uh, she's got quite a story to share and, you know, I, I talked about her success at the beginning and, and all the great things she does, but it's really interesting to hear her adversity with her and her husband went through um, when they first got married and started having kids and it was not an easy time and um, we're really unpacking that today. We're also going to give you some practical steps. I made sure I got, you know, some practical money mindset sort of stuff but otherwise really interesting conversation today nothing we've had it like on the show before so i hope you enjoy my guest today louise taylor and of course all her her freebies her resources that she mentions there's a, there's a uh, a money mindset quiz survey i believe that's going to be in the link below thanks maybe you, you haven't been doing entrepreneurship your, your whole life obviously um so how did you just stumble across it and sure. get to where you are right now sure 
Um, well, it started when I was three. <laughs> it's all right. I'm not going to give you every year of my life. Yeah, that's all good. So when I was three, I actually found out that um, my parents found out I was blind in one eye and I was squished in the middle of seven kids. So I was number three and mum and dad had five under five. And so I was super, I think because I was super um, emotionally tuned in, I was super aware that we didn't have much money. And when I was three, my nana used to mind me because there were twins. Mm -hmm. I was two and then we had twins. So I'd get sent down to Nana's house and she used to take me out. She was an Avon lady back in the day. So she'd take me yep. to visit all the, all the uh, old ladies and we'd have a cup of tea and chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. And I always say my sales career um, subconsciously started when I was three years old. But um, fast forward to when I was 12, I just got fascinated with neuroscience and human behavior. So I was reading books about psycho-cybernetics and the rest of the family were watching the Brady Bunch. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, has Jan got a boyfriend yet? No, <laughs> I still haven't found out. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, over my teen years, I got really into personal development, like from that age and um, still very aware of not having enough. So I started, I actually became an Avon lady at the age of 13 with my mum's permission mm -hmm. and then ended up um, once sort of fast forward, I suppose, to... Bought a, uh, we built a house, um, got married, built a house. And it was the day before I was about to have our first child and I was heavily overdue. And my husband, Jim, came home and he had lost his job because the company had been taken over mm -hmm. and everyone lost their jobs. So that was like a shock because it was 18.5% interest rates back then. So, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was massive. Oh, you wouldn't remember that. You probably weren't no. born then. <laughs> back in the eighties. So, um, showing my age now. So anyway, uh, it was a massive shock and having gone through sort of that childhood of, I mean, we had house and everything, but I remembered kind of that lack and I grew up with that. So I didn't grow up with a family that were like entrepreneurial. My mum was very academic and my dad was in the public service. And so I hadn't seen it, but I kind of had this, I really had this desire to have my own business. And so when that happened, I was actually working in a um, quite a senior project management role mm -hmm. and I was, I was on maternity leave and I saw this ad for a party plan business um, to sell kids clothes. Yep. So I, I had no idea how to sell. I was actually quite shy. I wasn't shy with my friends, but I would not want to get up in front of a group of people and speak. Like the first time I did it, I threw up three times. I was so nervous. So Whoa. I was terrified of speaking. I was terrified of selling. And, but I, I had, um, I was about, uh, like, this was after we uh, had Erin, our first child, mm -hmm. that this happened. We had babies to feed and Jim ended up going into a, like a really crappy industry in the security industry because, you know, he, he kind of got flattened by, you know, this unexpected job loss. Yep. And so um, that started my journey into to sales and entrepreneurship. And it was an amazing Australian forward thinking company. So I learned a lot about neuroscience and leadership and, and trained a lot in that area and then became, started to find I was good at selling after a lot of work. And, you know, I always say to people, you know, it was the hard yards. It was getting and picking up that phone because I had to feed my kids and Jim was like trying his best, working 16 hour days. So it was actually really hard, a really hard season of our life. Um, we, we had then a number of occasions where he kept working for companies that closed down. He'd get in there and the door was shut he wouldn't get paid wages, lost out, like super, no, yeah. kept happening again and again to the point where 
I'd say to him, have you got a sign on your head? Employ me if you're about to close down because it happened. I lost count when we got to 10 companies. This is over a period of years. It was crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, you know how everyone's had this impact with, with COVID. I'm yeah. like, I'm so used to pivoting. I've pivoted that many times. I'm like a ballerina on steroids. Like, so, <laughs> so we kind of had these years where we'd move forward, then we'd move back because something would happen. We had a bad business deal go wrong, something yep. ripped us off, all that. And, and in that time, I call them my crying years because while they were wonderful years, I had, I remember one year, it was extremely hard and I had depression. I had postnatal depression and I was like slam dunk. I was in my bed. I could not get, I would get out of bed, take the kids to school, um, have a little one at home still. I would come home. I was struggling every day. I felt like there was a massive cloud over my head. Um, and in that year, I actually spent the whole year, I actually read the Bible all year. I had a, a massive spiritual encounter in that mm -hmm. time and found piece that I've never ever lost since and learned how to shift myself, you know, use all the tools that I'd learned to, to rewire and reframe the way I was thinking. So it was actually a skill set that I developed yep. to learn how to create income from nothing. And we nearly lost our house three times. So the entrepreneurship journey sort of evolved. The company I worked with um, closed down <laughs> um, the, the, the party plan company. So yep. again, I had to restart. So I kind of had to restart a lot of times. At one point, I ended up in a corporate role as a national sales director. I was overseeing 5,000 women. And that was pretty challenging. Mm -hmm. um, but most of my life, then I moved into coaching and consulting around um, mindset, uh, performance, organizational strategy, money, sales, all of that, and, and found that I had this ability to dive deep with people and then help them move out of that place and quickly move forward into a new place. So... That's been my journey and uh, it's been an amazing journey. It's been a challenging journey. I've been, you know, really in the entrepreneurial world for 25 years. I've run a couple of businesses from startup now yep. and uh, I love it. I love it. I think, I think it's not for the faint hearted though. Definitely. Uh so many, so many things I want to touch on there in particular, say like, this isn't your first rodeo when it comes to um, bouncing back from resilience or being resilient and bouncing back, um, <laughs> especially what's going on with COVID, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and so, so I'm just really curious when you were at home and you were, you were bawling your eyes out and stuff, did you have to have a cry um, and then pick up the phone and start selling? Kind of. Um, I, I went through periods in my life and I call it performance disorientation mm -hmm. because I work with a lot of high performers. I, 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 I call them eagles because they want to go to the top of the mountain. So they, they have yeah. high expectations of themselves. And, you know, I also thought of myself like a horse, like a horse that wants to run hard. And the thing is that a lot of high performers, they, they go hard and then they crash, they break down. Um, and that's kind of what the journey was like. I remember having many seasons where the triggers would, if the triggers happened, for example, like Jim would come home and company had closed or, you know, and then I worked for a company and got put off as well because that company closed. Like every time there was an external trigger, I would, I actually started to believe that we were these people who kept failing financially, even though we hung on to our house, it was hard work. Mm. And so 
we, yeah, I do remember many, I do remember days where I was like in tears on the phone to the bank. I mean, I'm actually feeling emotional that you've asked that question. And even though I feel like very different these days, it was so tough. And I did, I remember days where I just pushed myself and it used to be like pick up the phone, you know, <laughs> and, and it was scary, but I think I learned to tap into a part of myself that was um, driven to move towards, I could not let go of the vision in my head. And, but the experience of it, um, and I think that's where I learned the, the methods to, to shift was the experience of it was so deep and so painful, but it also made me go tap into the, a really deep, peaceful, creative place within myself. And I realised that actually, and one of the books that I read when I was 12 was um, uh, by Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. And he mm -hmm. talks about being in a concentration camp and having hope. And I feel like the part of me that was the deepest part of me that I tapped into was able then to find peace and creativity to create income, to get up and go again. Does that answer your question? It does. Um, and um, the reason why I asked, you know, did you have to pick up the phone after you're crying is because, you know, a lot of the sales call, um, that was success that goes in a sales call is the mental preparation that goes into yeah. it. And uh, I was really curious to hear sort of like, how did you just, you know, switch the, um, yeah, switch the, uh, flip the switch and go from I'm miserable, I'm sad to I've got this, I know how to close the deal. Yeah. Well, I think of sales in a little bit of a different way than other, I think a lot of people do in the old sales model, you mm -hmm. know, close the sale, do this. Yeah. Sales like that. I, I am all about connecting with people and finding the people like I, I think that, Okay, I'll answer you one of your questions first, sure. the process. Um, because I understand neuroscience, you know, our brain likes to move towards what we want and it moves well towards goals. So what happens is when we have uncertainty, because everyone's in a state of uncertainty now, and, and uh, there's a lot of uncertainty with sales and being an entrepreneur. Yep. And uh, so our, our brain looks for the problems to keep us safe. It, it, it goes to fear. And so when we actually develop a new muscle and intersect those pathways, it's kind of like going to the gym. You know, the first time you go, you don't get a big muscle. Mm -hmm. I like my muscles, I've been going to the gym. <laughs> and, um, but, but the more you go, the new pathway, you can build new pathways. So that's the, the neuroscience, simplistic version of the neuroscience part of it. And what I found was, um, as I learned to move more towards where, where I wanted to be, like how do I want to feel, I often say to people, how do you want to feel? Not how do you feel? How do you want to feel? Mm -hmm. And how, what do I want to earn? And I, I um, was driven by purpose. I think being purpose-driven really helped me to, because I knew that I could help people shift. And that's always been a driver for me to help people shift. So that, that was part of the process. Um, also surrendering, like when I had the worst, worst days, for me, and I work with all different people with all different belief systems, but for me, when I actually remember times where I would, I would just, for me, I just surrendered to God and I just went, then I would experience peace because I was letting go of control. Mm -hmm. And I think control and anxiety go hand in hand. And so when I, I think the first place to find is peace, because it doesn't matter how, I, I often talk about the love set and your skill set and your love set is your mindset and your emotions and the way you 
the roles you play in life. And then there's this skill set. So the skill set is learning the skills of how to think differently about money or how to think, how to learn how to sell and have a good sales process. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's both of those things, but there's no use having the skill set if you haven't got the love set. And I always say that love start like sales, successful selling starts with loving yourself. And if you've got all these unworthy, which a lot of people do, and I used to have this feeling of not quite being worthy of, of earning a lot of money because yep. of my experience of growing up, that unless you flick that switch, you can go and do all the calls that you want and even actually have a skill set around selling. But if you don't believe in your mind and your heart that you're worthy of receiving it, you, you're going to hit this meet, this wall, this ceiling. Yeah, yeah, totally. And um, this ceiling that you're talking about, um, was this something you were potentially feeling before you had that first spiritual experience? And then after you had that, you, you could feel like, oh, this is how you tune into your love set. And then that's how you were able to slowly progress up from there. Absolutely. Like the day, I mean, I don't know how much you want me to go into that, but the day that I actually um, had this really profound experience with God was because uh, I grew up Catholic and I believed in God, but I had I what I wasn't experiencing peace, and I'm like, do you actually exist? Because I can't. I I knew He existed, but I'm like, I can't hear from you. I'm not hearing from you. Why aren't I hearing from you? I'm praying. I'm not hearing anything back. And one day I went. I went church shopping actually because I was so desperate. Like I I was pregnant with our third child. We had um, we had the mortgage issue. I was trying to hang on to the house calls the bank, all the rest of it. And I had had postnatal depression twice before. Yep. So I walked into, I'd gone to about four different churches, all different kinds of churches. And I walked into this church. I wasn't actually expecting to talk about this, but hey, it's cool. Um, so mm -hmm. I walked into this church and the guy up the front was like this ex-Catholic guy. And he said, oh, it's not about religion. It's just about surrendering your life. And, and the moment he said it, I just experienced peace and love that was beyond me. It was something I'd never had before. So for that started a really deep journey for me spiritually. And I learned principles, you know, um, like I talk about prophecy and it's really having this deep, deep spiritual insight about the future. And you could call it futuristic mm -hmm. or you could call it, um, it's actually beyond being creative or intuitive and it's quite, it's powerful and so that those principles that I learned, like position, positioning and posture, how you posture yourself in life when things go wrong, um, remembering the promise that you've made to yourself and the promises that you feel that you're called to do. When I started, and then the process, when I started capturing these kind of principles and using them, mm -hmm. then I started to see a shift in our finances as well. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure you can go into a lot more detail, but we've only got like a yeah. short podcast to go sure. into it. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so all these all these principles that you're talking about. So, I want to sort of you know shift gears yeah. to say like a client comes to see you. Yeah. They're hitting a glass ceiling. They've got maybe money mindset problems that yeah. they can't hit their goal. What is the first thing that you would talk about with them? Okay, great question. Uh, so the first thing is I've really identify where they want to be and how they want to feel then we go through a process really which is starts to drill down into their beliefs and rules around money mm -hmm. because we've got all these little subconscious stories in our mind about money that we've grown up 
hearing from other people. And we're never taught how to think about money differently. We learn it from school. We learn it from our parents. And so I developed this process and it, it really does drill down deeply into not only what do you believe about money, what rules have you set up for yourself around money? What's the meter in your head? What's your, what's your emotional experiences with money? Um, this is like the high level version. And, yep. and also how do you behave around money? And this is where the neuroscience comes into it as well, because often people who are say highly creative, they, um, if they're high in that area or highly emotional, they can sometimes be uh, less, enjoy, they don't enjoy process as much. They're impatient and often high performers are like this. And so they may not be managing their money that well and have their head in the sand and, or they may not be focused in one direction. So you kind of like you're trying to water too many fields at once. So you never actually succeed in growing a harvest in one field. And, and so there's a whole lot of factors into whole brain thinking, which is a, a tool that I'm trained in and understanding how people think under pressure. Yep. So I'll go through that process and really help them to start to shift the emotions, but also identify and assess where their skill set is at and what, what's their uncertainty about because we don't like uncertainty. And often uncertainty is because we don't have enough information. So yeah. 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 All, all, all these are really great, great points. And um, like, I'm just curious because if, if someone was to listen to this and think, okay, great. I, there are probably some limiting money blocks that I have, yeah. but I'm not aware of them. Or I might think I know what they are, but the, who knows? It could be a, a, something I don't even know about. So what would be a step you could get or an exercise you could give to my listeners so they could become more aware of what some of these uh, limiting blocks are that are what yeah. you said causing them to water different fields and they can't get to their end goal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have got, I've got a money belief survey, which they can go through that process and jump on there and, ha and go through that themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's about identifying, you know, which skill set that if you said not out of 10 and 10 being, I'm great at this. Um, first of all, measuring where you think you're at with your money mindset. Um, where are you at between zero to 10 with marketing or zero to 10 with your brand or zero to 10 with your sales? Um, so then you start to like uh, kind of bringing things into the light about the question marks that you have. Um, so there's a lot of processes. Um, also just um, how to have an entrepreneurial mindset. Like what is that? How do you, how do you shift and, and think about things differently and, and so there's a lot that comes into that. So I think that a good place to start is we're doing the money belief survey. That's a great place to start if, mm -hmm. you know, they want to actively do something. Um, and if they're just listening and want, want a few tips, like right now, I would say the first thing is start to, to focus on what you want emotionally and financially and, and do that, rate yourself. So there are a few like really short practical things. Yep. Okay. So um, picturing what you want and are these something you say like you would write down and then surround yourself with visualize in the morning journal um like i'm clearly yeah. trying to like yeah, sure. you to get more of the details it's, it's out. practical yeah look all those things work people process information differently yep. and some people you know auditory kinesthetic visual as you would know and uh but you know what i have found is um doing the work you do need to think of it like a skill set that you're developing yep. so there's a lot you can do on your own and i think um 
understanding that about your mind that you can rewire and shift and also finding where do you get your peace? Like some people, like you said, you go surfing, mm-hmm. where do you go to, to get in that state of flow? So finding, I think environment is massive. Uh, what environment are you in? Changing your environment if it's not working for you and what people are around you, because I find that particularly a lot of leaders, yep. that people around them that they're giving to, but you need people around you to pull you up and see in you what you can't see in yourself. Yep. So, um, that's a really good point about environment and I'm going to be a bit selfish and, you know, tell a bit of my story here a bit because, um, I've had such a scary shift, like a good scary shift in environment the last four months since COVID hit. Um, back in March, I was living with my parents. Okay. I was a group fitness instructor. I was trying to get my business off the ground for about two years. Right. And, um, in December, 2018, or 2019, I, put all this effort into building a Facebook group, did a webinar launch, nobody bought. And all my family were just like, you should just stop and get a corporate job. Uh, And then, and then that's when, um, you know, COVID was starting to get really, really bad. And I just came back from a bachelor's party. And then that the next hour I I heard, because my girlfriend was living in South Australia and she was just waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, when are you going to get here? And I was like, I need more money to be able to work online, that sort of thing. And um, I I, I took a chance. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put all my stuff in my car. The borders are closing because you have to go on a two-week quarantine otherwise. And I I took all my life and I came here and she had the house ready to go. And I've got my own little office here. It's tiny. Like we share it. She sews in the back and I type here writing emails. And, uh, you know, I've got, I've got, uh, Money, like just $50 bills taped everywhere. Really good, really good environment. And each month has just been like doubling each other. And it's just been crazy. It's been crazy. And it all comes down to environment, like you said. And um, I'm not not getting emotional, but like, oh, it's just until you feel it, until you actually experience it, then you're like, wow, yes, environment makes a huge difference. It is. That is so awesome, Jules. Like, that's good on you for doing it. And and it's a hard journey. And I always say, like, eagles fly higher than other people. People who are entrepreneurial, they want to go to the top. And a lot of people around them don't understand them. So that story about everyone saying, go get a job, they're worried about you. And this comes to thinking styles as well. Because people who are highly um, driven and, and adventurous, they, they like the adventure of that, you know. And when you, your, your partner or husband or wife or whatever has an impact, um, took me a while because my husband's more of a step-by-step guy, mm-hmm. down to earth, like, and he's, he looks for the problems and I look for the opportunities. So it's thinking styles as well. But I love that you've had a go. And it's hard when you're starting and a lot of people are having to start from nothing now, but I have yet to meet a person that I've been able to coach, had the opportunity to coach who cannot commercialize their talent. They can learn the skills. They've got to learn the skills and yep. they've got to be, be open to shifting and changing, but you're right. It really comes at a very deep identity level. Um, and that's Absolutely. a constant journey for your whole life. I mean, yep. I'm still learning about that and I'm, like a little bit older than you. 
Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> Louise, I got one more question for you yeah. before we wrap up. And um, I'm very curious about, like we've been talking about the process when a client first comes to you, what's that big realization or aha once one of your clients has achieved what you want them to? For them or for me? For them, for them. (laughs) Well, it happens quickly if someone's ready and open and frustrated. It happens. And that if they've got a gift or a skill set, the aha for them is I think they see themselves in a different way. That's the biggest aha. They realize the hidden gold that they have. I always talk about like you're like an oil well. We strike oil. And when you strike the oil and the gold within yourself, then you can articulate your message and see what's unique about yourself. But it really does start at a deep level. So a lot of it is actually your relationship with yourself. And, you know, I say to to move others, you've got to move yourself first. And yeah, so, so I'd say that, they also realise the lies that they've been believing about themselves and have quite a shift around the negative stuff, the pain, the loss, the fear. And then that's an ongoing journey. But sometimes, like I had a guy last week who I did a coaching session for and within six hours he did an $8,000 sale and he didn't even have his coaching product ready. And it happened six hours later. And I've had that happen a lot because there's such a shift that happens. So it's emotional, it's, it's, it's awareness, it's yep. mental, spiritual... Yep. And practical. You've got to do the work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it really comes back to what you're saying down to self-image. And that first book that you're telling me about, um, Psycho-Cybernetics, which is pretty much all about the self-image. And yeah. that's the secret. Uh, that was the best book. I loved that book. You know, that story of, oh, we probably haven't got time to go into that story, but it's a great book to read, Maxwell yeah. Maltz. Yeah, great yeah. book. I love, some of those old books are amazing, actually. I grew up reading those. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to reread it. Louise, um, I would love it if you could, you know, you could you can go for a plug, you can tell the people where to find you. If you got if you got an offer or some freebie, I'm more than happy for you to have your little pitch right now. Uh good on you, mate. <laughs> well, um, the first step really would be I would say go and do the money beliefs uh survey, which is you can just purely just do for your own self. And if you want to take it the next step further, we do have it. Um, and at the end of that survey and application process that you can book in a 30 minute, um, apply to book for a 30 minute clarity call. Mm-hmm. And I say apply because we speak to quite like we speak to potential clients who are ready to invest in themselves um, and financially and emotionally. So it's really about identifying what's the best fit for them and helping them allay any concerns and making sure that they're, I'm actually the right fit and they're the right fit for us as well. Um, the other thing that we have going right now, which has been just started and people are still jumping on because it's a six month coaching program. Mm -hmm. It's called dream drivers. And I take people through a whole journey from identity marketing um, in a different way than you've ever known before sales in a different way and money mindset and, and execution and using their brain to execute and make it happen. So that's happening and that's weekly coaching and that's awesome. And so I think I've sent you that link, but I can, um, pretty sure I sent you the link to that. Or maybe it's just to the website, but I can definitely give you that anyway. I've got the um, Facebook group. I've got Drivers Academy. I've got your oh, podcast. Got I've got you Instagram. Got <laughs> no, these are, these, are, these are what I got from you. And yeah. <laughs> so um, the Money Belief Survey is, is, is on the, our website, louisetaylorglobal.com. Got it. And yep. that's where you can go to book a call. And that's what I would say is a good, good place to start. 
And the Dream Drivers Academy page is our Facebook group. You can jump in there. I, I share stuff for free. You can just mm. get a feel for it. But yep. if you're serious and you want to have a shift and you want to catch a six-figure whale in six weeks or six months or whatever, like yep. I think you're going to do and just did in the middle of COVID um, and have done before, uh, have a chat to me if you're ready to go and you just need some, you know, you're self-aware. Yeah. Come and speak to me and I would love, I just love helping people, you know, really find freedom in all those areas. Thank you so much for coming to the show, um, Louise. You are so welcome. And thank you for having me, Jules. Like, you, I just got to say, you're an awesome storyteller. And I love how um, natural and real and connected you are. Like, you've got great relationship skills. And so I, I just think you've got to be so successful with what you're doing. I can see it even in your written, written, well, I know you do, that's what you do, but I, I think, you know, you're just so real and I, I love real people. This is what the world needs, hey, real people. Okay, so I, I couldn't help but uh, keep the recording going when Louise was singing me all those praises so, so you, my listener, can hear that, you know, I'm not just some... Yeah, um, I don't know what just happened to my voice there. I just turned into some sort of goblin or something. <laughs> nah, but no. Um, sometimes that happens in the recording. Um, and it was just so, I couldn't stop laughing when I heard that. And I was like, I just have to click <laughs> that bit. It's so good. Um, you know, two people are too, two people too serious these days. Anyways, <laughs> you can find all Louise's um, links in the description below, especially her survey and a quiz um, all the social media links you can find our website in the description below. I'm Jules Dan, your host, and this has been uh, Storytelling Secrets with Louise Taylor. I'm gonna hope you enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you Monday for the solo show. Bye.